Coming up next on all new extreme mergers. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Talk about an expensive podcast. What do you need? I need $20 million to buy two $10 million companies and merge them just so we can fuck with the employees for about a year and milk it for as much podcast energy as we can get out of it. The only rule is the I bank think is they like, have to... sounds like a great plan. <laughs> Welcome to Bittersweet Toxicity. This is episode three, and I'm your co-host, Vanessa, along with my friends, Mark and Patty. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so last we left off, um, I was on my way to go pick up B. Right. Yes, we were at the, at the, the curtain reveal. So A and a friend of hers, L not the same L, a different one, went, got in the car with me and we went up to New York. It was like a 12 hour ride, I think, round trip or one way. And we got to where B and L were living. And <clears throat> I, I don't, I don't know, I was not prepared for the level of poverty I don't think I've ever seen that level of poverty before. Mm -hmm. So talk about like a where they were living. Yes. The town and the actual residence that they lived in was one of those very old, like 1960s, 1970s aluminum two bedroom trailer. And I mean, it was nice in there, but. But yeah, I wasn't prepared for not having amenities, which sounds snobbish of me, but I just, you know, the area that I grew up in was very middle class. So right. everybody had homes and even friends of mine that lived in those manufactured homes had very nice ones. They were double wides with that looked like little homes. Right. Um, so I wasn't prepared to walk into a two bedroom tin can that was freezing cold and had a hot water heater that was the size of a thimble. So now right. I've taken this road trip there and I feel grimy and I'm the type of person that if I'm in the car for any period of time, the first thing I want to do is go in and take a shower. Right. And so I did that, but it was a, startlingly cold shower it was right warm for two minutes and then cold right for the rest of it you you're brisk muted is the polite word a brisk, brisk. it was yeah. a brisk shower yes yes, yes. very invigorating and a trifle nipter right <laughs> <laughs> You will hurry through a shower just to get out of that horrible cold place. Yes. Yeah, so why, when why I... is my butt itchy? Because I didn't rinse off enough because <laughs> that water was so cold. I left some soap back there. Right. You are not standing. Yeah. Yeah, you're not here, standing under here, the stream. Here the, there's hot water tanks of various sizes, but a lot of people have like 30 liter water tanks, hot water tanks here. And the first place I lived had one. And I like to take a long shower. 
and I don't, you know, coming from the U.S. where you have a gigantic, like, water tank in your right. garage 55 or your gallons. Basement, that right. you don't ever run out yeah of she's saying water. 33 liters divide that by four it's an yeah. eight gallon hot water heater that's like not right. enough to fill a tub right that's enough that's enough so, to fill your tub like about seven inches right so i'm like <laughs> used to taking a shower like i did in the place that i grew up and oh man there's nothing worse than the cold water and you haven't rinsed your shampoo out yet and you're like <laughs> like literally crying yeah, yeah the whole culture is so different the rest of yeah. the shower it's horrible you're trying to keep the least amount of your body mass under that under freezing cold water, stream yes. you yeah, become an like, acrobat you're doing the matrix bend to only rinse your hair out and not uh, or, get the cold water down your back or when you realize you cannot dilly dally on your on your water so you turn the water on until it gets hot turn it off Oh, then you yeah. soap up your oh, whole yeah, body, yeah, yeah. Totally. then turn the water on quickly, rinse oh, off, turn the water off. Totally. Then, you know, that like give it a couple minutes. Give, give it a little like my showers. Yeah. The yeah. days that I had to shave my legs, wow. That was like yeah. water on, water off, water on, water off, water on, water off. Yeah. My yeah. sister did her junior year abroad in France. And the old lady who she moved in with, like her and the other three girls, kind of lived in this old pensioner's house. The only way my my sister could arrange to take a shower every day without taking a serious raft of shit about wasting resources from the old lady was mm. to take up jogging. Because then the old lady would be like, okay, at least you're all sweaty, even though that's not very ladylike. But at least I can understand why you need to take a shower every day. Because otherwise, yeah. it completely blew the old lady's mind. And she was like, why are you wasting all my water? Yeah, why are you showering every like, day? Like, who Especially... showers every day? What's wrong with you? What do you do every not, day not to, not to, like, stereotype <laughs> the French, but they're known for not showering every day. There goes your podcast. We're going to be taken down by the French government. Yeah, no, te <laughs> teenagers too, believe me, because, you know, we have some in our house that I think I'm are allergic at one right now. to the shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's mine like, you isn't know. every other day. She's like, I'm clean. I took a shower, the, you know, the, yesterday, so I'm not going to take one until tomorrow. Like, she's a every other day girl. Yeah, there's been periods of time where it's been, I was, I took a shower two weeks ago, so I'm fine. Oh, wow. Wow. You're not fine. <laughs> you're just not getting a skin condition because you're young and you still like heal like Wolverine. <laughs> I can see you're like Pigpen. I can see the the odor smoke rising off of you. <laughs> Look here, this is your white blanket. Look at the big oval brown shape in the middle. That's you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You filthy thing. So after this uh, very unenjoyable and very surprising cold shower, I. I got out and B had texted me while I was in the shower with a pun and I didn't get it. So what he said was, is that a mirror in your pants? Because I can totally see myself there and I didn't get it. So I thought, was, did he come in the bathroom while I was in the shower and look at me in the mirror? And then I thought, is then, there a mirror in my pants? Why am I checking my texts while I'm showering in this freezing cold shower? Would have been the question I'd ask myself. No, no, this was after the shower. Like when I got done, I checked. All right. Um, having admitted to have taken a very brisk shower just before, you can't even claim that you weren't awake. 
Go. Oh my god. It's not the fact it's... that I'm not awake. I don't understand puns. So I, get I didn't it. get it. And I was so confused. Like, how can you see me? Where are you? <laughs> Is there a camera? <laughs> You're looking in the drain. Are you down there? Hello. Oh my god. <laughs> So I ne I don't think I've ever admitted that really to anybody until recently. Or just now I, to everyone yeah. in the whole world who's got the internet. And who's like, wow, this girl is really, it's really special. But She's I, fantastic. <laughs> I told you before, I don't understand puns and logic. And some puns I'll understand, but like the pickup lines, I wasn't exposed to any of that. And I just didn't get it. So I was completely confused. So you're like, you know, is heaven missing an angel? And you're like, I don't have wings. What are you talking about? <laughs> what the hell are you trying to say? I look like a bird. Yeah, nobody I know has died recently. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Um, I could see we're going to a bar and watching you blow people up and shoot them down would be pretty funny. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, because I wouldn't know what they were talking about. Like, what? No, thank you. Uh, no, sorry, I'm not looking. Thank you. Right. I don't want to talk about God. Go away. I, I'm sorry, I don't have a cosmetic mirror on me. <laughs> no, I don't keep a mirror in your pant. My pants. Go to the bathroom. Use your mirror. <laughs> so then, of course, you know, after the shower, you, I get dressed and go into his room and it's just the two of us. And I don't think we did much talking. Um, we did, you know, do the naked horizontal mambo. We're all adults here. You don't have to be so, so, you know, like, you know, this is again, like breaking the ice before yeah, yeah, and yeah. I had to say dick pic. Do I have to say right, it here? Right, right. <laughs> he put, well, he put widget A into slot B. Okay, got gotcha. you. intercourse. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, oh, oh okay. now it's just turning into a Clintonian thing. <laughs> is that sufficient senator <laughs> uh, we we did the boinky boink okay see see you know like, it's all right the, you don't need to be quite so come up with every we bumped uglies the, horizontal mambo, what else? the beast with two backs harry, we made harry, the beast with two backs yeah. harry met sally <laughs> Yes, we did all of that. And it was, if memory serves me right, it was fine. Like nothing to write home about. I was just going to say, Patty, that's always what I like to think my <laughs> partners think as they walk out. They're like, well, you know, that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, was that always fine. is good for the ego, you know, like, you know, yes, well, that that's almost as good fine. as having a mirror down there just across the, your your pelvis. Ah, two stars. Okay. <laughs> My average Yelp score. <laughs> I mean, the customer service was pleasant, but, you know, overall, it's just a two-star experience. The appetizer was too big. The entree was too small. Right. And that's exactly right. The appetizer was too big, and the entree was way too small. Oh, my God. Uh, oh.
And so, you know, the next morning we all wake up and B says, well, I can cook and I'll make eggs and bacon. So we went to the store with each other. And I just remember being like disappointed. I, when I first saw him, I didn't even think he was that good looking. Now we're in the store together and I'm used to being with Kay. I'm used to being in a married relationship where if we're at the store, we're together. Even if we run off, like what's on the list, I'll go run and get that and separate throughout the store. We constantly are coming together. We're talking, we're laughing, we're communicating. We're trying to get done with shopping as soon as possible. I'm in this store in a town that I don't know with a person I don't know who is, I don't know, standing there with his mouth hanging open <laughs> and like his head in his phone. And I just thought, oh, like, like I just drove across the country to see you and you've got better things to do than talk to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Patty, I, I just want to say that, that for me, this is an interesting experience to hear this whole story from the perspective of a woman and have her say like, you know, oh, I, you know, traveled across the country, met this man, we had sexual relations, and then we had the worst shopping trip right after. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, wow, the relations were so awesome that you were mad about the shopping. <laughs> well, the whole thing. That's usually not like when you're like in retrospect, looking back on that day, the thing that pissed me off was the way he treated me in the store. I'm like, I mean, the whole thing was just weird and uncomfortable. And right. yeah, yeah. But that part really stuck out to me because it was so strange. We just it does woke... as much as I'm my sorry not to like bang bang again on this, but I'm just saying it's interesting to note beyond my joke that also it does indicate what were you there for? But you weren't there for the booty call. You, you no. were looking for emotional intimacy. You were looking for right, a right. connection, and you got the booty call. But then it just kind of was like you know huh, you're here because I'm driving. Other than that, there's no reason for you to be here at the store. Right. You know, you're just right. pushing the cart and staring at your phone. Like, you know, there was no connection connection going on. That, right. that, that seems was... unfortunate, at least to me, looking at this story already. Yeah, it's definitely. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't drive that far just for that. Yeah, no, never. Because not it's never gonna be that good. And, and if you're this excited to see me at like three hours in. Yeah, if you're this excited to see me and it, we've gotten less into this like encounter than it took me to drive here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. like you would have been there hanging out less time than you'd been in the car. And he's already almost seems bored. That's yeah, and that's how I felt. I, like, I felt really. Yeah, 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 like. Wow, you're just completely unattached and not engaged, and now I am confused again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I thought so, you'd be excited to see me. Right, yeah, like you can't. Like you're just excited. getting to know each other, like. Yeah, the beginning part of a relationship is usually like the insane, natural heroin in the brain stupidity. Like you're yeah. usually too happy to notice problems. It's right. kind of strange to have a, an initial encounter of this cold, at least. To me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm just thinking to myself, like, why can't you just put that phone down and like 
focus on me like right right, we're here we're together I don't know you what are we even doing if you can't if you're buried in your phone whoever you're talking to you can call them or text them and say hey I'm busy right now let me get with you later God knows you did it to me a few times well we were distanced from each other so you know it's not hard right so it just was really disappointed and I don't remember what time we left I know we had breakfast we hung out for a little while and then everybody was just pretty much ready to go and it was a horrible horrible ride home he had promised me that he would split the driving and it was pouring down rain and I don't have the greatest eyesight to begin with So now I'm like white knuckling the steering wheel because you can't even see the lines in the road, how pouring down rain it is just for so long. And it was very stressful. And at different points along the way home, everybody in the car kind of fell asleep. And then for me now, I didn't sleep good the night before because I'm in somebody's house. I don't know. So I'm not going to sleep good. Um, Obviously, especially not going to sleep good because I didn't even have a comfortable shower. So (laughs) I'm all disoriented. So now I'm having to face this ride home and we're trying to do it all in one trip. And it got to somewhere in Virginia where I began, because I was so tired, I began to have like a panic attack meltdown where I was like, somebody else just has to take over driving. And I remember a just being like, well, I want this specific, I'll do it, but I need the specific energy drink. And we were in a spot in Virginia where when you get off the exits, the gas stations are miles away, five, six, 10 miles away, not right there. So now I'm just completely imploding because I'm exhausted and I need to sleep and I need for somebody else to do the driving. I don't care who it is at this point. Who was in the car at this point? Okay, so it was me, B, A, and L, but not B's L friend that was up there. It was The three. L that drove up with you. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay, so there was three other adults in the car. Yes. Three other driver's licenses? Yeah, well. Two? At least two other driver's licenses. Okay, so I'm just saying, like, it's right. a little bit weird to, this is a transcontinental trip. And admittedly, you did it north-south, but if you'd gone east-west, you could have made it to Reno. Like, and you right. did all the driving. Well, and I think, <coughs> what, I think, honestly, if I look back on it, and I don't, I certainly don't want to put, like, blame, right? I'm speculating at this point. This is my supposition. That A may have been mad about the whole thing. So just said, fine, I'll go for the ride with you, but I'm not driving. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, passive aggression is certainly sometimes difficult to, uh, to, to discern. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if it's not expressed. Right. And there were other trips that A and I had taken to go visit my family and stuff where A had split the driving with me. My grandmother passed away while K was gone and A was staying with me. And I gave A my car to continue on into upstate New York. She dropped me off at my parents' house and she kept going and I gave her my car to do it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just speculating, but that could be part of the issue was, well, I just don't want to help you. 
so now we all get back to North Carolina and I'm just at this point, I don't know what to do with B. I've been very domesticated for a very long time. So I'm not super and I'm introverted. So I, I don't know what's fun to do. I'm certainly not trying to do a whole tourist thing. That's going to cost hundreds of dollars every day for somebody who probably doesn't have any money. So mm -hmm. I'm just trying to figure out how do I integrate this weirdo into my life and you know, then be kind of like being faced with a mirror of my own going, gosh, I'm really boring. Like I don't do anything other than yard work and talk to Jehovah's Witnesses and watch TV. Like that's my life. I don't do anything else. So the Jehovah's hadn't broken up with you yet? Not yet. <laughs>
<laughs> it's been so long, but you've also eliminated the most obvious ripcord in dysfunctional dating, which is, you know, dating's a lot like fishing. You know, you don't know what's going to bite the hook, you know, not until you right. get a good look at it. And now right. you've gone and picked it up and brought it home. And it's, <laughs> it's not a fish, so you can't just take it out and throw it in the nearest stream and go back home and be like, oh, thank God that's over. Like, you know, you've now imported a person into your life and planted them in your living room in a position where really, like, if you got into a fight and were like, how about screw you, get out, it gets complicated. Like, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You've now transplanted this person hundreds of miles. And I can see there's 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 certainly some warning flags going up on my end. Yeah. Yeah. And he had no boundaries. So. I learned very early on, if I went to the bathroom, I had to lock the door because he loved to burst in on me, which is so weird. Who does that? I'm sorry, but I am well aware that my shit actually does think it's not delicious. It's not a gourmet meal. I do not want to be in the bathroom with anybody while they're unloading contents. Right. <laughs> so... Right. Why are you bursting in the bathroom door? What what are you doing? Right. What I don't understand it. I don't get it. It was very <laughs> odd behavior to me. And yes, it taught me early on to start locking the door because I felt really uncomfortable with that. And you know, when Kay and I were living together, I would pee with the door open. Oh, I'm just going to run in. I don't turn on the lights. You just go and you go quick. But when it comes to, you know, doing the, going to Brown town, you're shutting the bathroom door and you're turning the fan on. You're not sharing that with everybody. Right. Like, I'm not Santa. Don't come in and sit on my lap because right, right. I don't care what you want for Christmas. You're getting this. You're welcome. <laughs> So all he really liked to do was shopping and dancing. And he said, you know, that's that's really all he liked to do. And that part was kind of fun because I do like to go out every once in a while to a nightclub and dance to some really good music. And But that was all he wanted to do. So we were constantly going out and spending money at these dance clubs. God only knows how much I spent on alcohol and, you know, shots and just door charges and, to get in and, right. and you were picking up the tab on everything pretty much yeah because he didn't have come really with any money that's yeah. yeah he told me he was gonna get a job and he told me he had put in for a couple of places but i 100 do not think that that really happened He's starting to sound like a very expensive house pet yes yeah and not well trained <laughs> so and it was just weird you know because it was me and it was a and it was b all living together and it just became sort of awkward i think a started spending a little bit more time outside of the house or she would bring her friend l over i think almost as a buffer for things that were going on in the house and slowly people stopped showing up. So like my cleaning person that I had formed that alliance with, she really kind of stopped coming. The Jehovah's Witnesses, I can't remember if they came when B was there. If they did, they didn't stay long and it was very awkward. 
Which maybe like they might have come. The, your, the cleaning lady stopped coming because of me. I don't know the answer to that because she had a host of issues also. Like okay. she had issues with again, drugs. Like oh. that was that was her big thing. And they used to her and her roommate used to like to smoke pot laced with Xanax and stuff like that. So and she had a pill crusher. So I think for her, I don't know that it tied in with B. I think for her, some of it may have been B, like a discomfort of like, I know V and I know K, but I don't know this new person and I don't want to come over. And some of it also was at this point, she had been showing a lot of unreliability where I would call her the day that she was supposed to be there and say, well, are you coming? And she would say, oh no, not today. And it was always a surprise. So eventually I think it just got to the point where I stopped asking her, but she definitely stopped coming when B, I think she came once when B was there. And I think it made her so uncomfortable that she didn't come back again. Right. And then, you know, it's getting close to Christmas and everybody's talking about holiday plans and all of this other stuff. And all of a sudden, B, and I knew before B came down, let me back up and say that B had had a job before he came down. He was doing some kind of traveling welding thing. So, so he was, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, and it was the kind of job where you would go when most of the plants were at their lowest capacity they were either shut down or they just had a low employee volume so that the welders could go in and do all the work like this was a low season or whatever they went to water plants paper plants a couple of other places to do repair welds and stuff like that so he had that job when he came down so now it's getting to be christmas time and then all of a sudden one day he comes to me and he goes well i have to leave tomorrow i have to go back to work. And I remember being surprised because I thought, well, this is weird. He's going to, I thought he was going to embed his life with mine and now he's leaving to go back yeah, to, and, you know, my dad was a welder. Like you can, I mean, if you're a welder, you can find jobs. Like, right. It's, you know, it's not hard to find jobs if you're a welder. Right. Why didn't why didn't he look for a steady welding job there? Right. That's or even my a question. not steady welding job. But I know what you mean. Like if you're a skilled welder, like if you can weld, you can get some sort of spot work. And if doing that spot work you prove to be competent, you will then get a job. Like yeah. right. there's I mean, a, a need for welders my everywhere. Dad, my dad yeah. never never was out of work like yeah. ever yeah yeah it was it was just very weird and then he had a side gig where he could do tattoo work so even that like you could go to a tattoo parlor it wasn't the greatest but he could trace so like you could go and get an entry-level tattoo job doing you know just some of the tracing work like maybe you wouldn't get more of the special stuff where you had to actually do art but there were jobs and to me it was just very strange because 
I didn't, it was, I had never seen it coming. It was just one day he said, I have to leave. I have to go back to New York. I need to leave by tomorrow. And I remember just being surprised and then trying yeah, to figure like, out. for the notice too, because it's not like the next quick town drive. over. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, you know, I, I, you need to go to South Carolina that I can do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, like not the eight hour drive or 10 hour. Drive. It's a, it was a long run, right? It's like 12 yeah, hours. Yeah. Yeah. 12, pretty much 12 hours. I think if like with minimal stops, if I just stopped at like quick places on the way, I could get there in a little over 10. But if you lingered at all to eat or if you went on a long scenic drive, it would be 12 hours. So I just remember being sense. totally surprised and going, what? So now it becomes a scramble because I think I was leaving for New York shortly and A was either gone or in the process of leaving. So I'm like, well, I don't really have a way to get you home quickly. So I ultimately wound up buying him an airline ticket. And back in those days, you could get an airline ticket, not, and it wasn't a lot of money, and you could upgrade for usually a hundred dollars to first class. So I paid for an airline ticket and then I upgraded him to first class and I took him to the airport and he took everything he owned with him. Cause he came with just stuff in a garbage bag. It wasn't even a lot of stuff. So he took all of that stuff with him. Um, I think there was a couple of things he left behind, but honestly it was probably stuff he just didn't care about leaving. Right. And I didn't know, was he coming back? Like, there was no plan really in place. This all just got thrown at me, and that's now we're scrambling. So I remember taking him to the airport, and I think I'm, like, the type of asshole that no matter who you are, I'm probably not parking the car and walking you into the airport. <laughs> like, even catnip, I'm, like, slowing the car down, and you're rolling out while the car is going slow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're elderly or handicapped or, you know, have a broken arm in a sling. That, that's yeah. like my airport MO, too. It's like, yeah, this is a white curb. You got to get out. We got five minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like even my mom, if I take her to the airport, I don't typically park. She always tells me, no, don't park. She just wants like, this is our time for parting. You can park the car at the curb. We can hug each other and I can walk in. But for her, she's older. She can't walk that far. So it's easier to drop her off at the entrance. But she'll say to me, no, don't park and meet me. Just go home. Bye. See for you later. Me, it depends I'm in... on the airport. It depends. Oh, really? Uh -huh. Yeah. If it's a big airport, I'm leaving you at the curb. If it's like here where it's a small airport. Oh, well, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't have, you know, I'll go in. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like when you go to a regional airport, it's like pulling up to McDonald's. You're yeah, like yeah, pulling yeah, into yeah. a parking lot and then yeah, you yeah, walk yeah. through a door. Yeah, for those, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll get out of the car. Yeah, there's, it's like, there's... like taking someone to the bus stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the difference between taking someone to the bus stop in like Podunk, wherever. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll pull into this giant empty parking lot, walk you to the parking stop. It, in the right. middle of Manhattan, you're like, get out. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Get your bag out of the trunk before the cabbies kill me. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, we have a small regional airport up where I live and it's the same thing. I would always park my car cause the lot, there's no long-term or short-term parking. It's just yeah, yeah. a tiny it's, little lot, a tiny right. little airport. It, you're lucky it has like white painted lines or like yeah. little stops to keep you from overrunning. Like usually it's just a big piece of tar. We could land planes here. 
A hundred <laughs> years ago, the planes would land and you would get on and off by the, you know, jetway stairway. They didn't pull up to an airport at all. You right. debarked the plane and you walked into a utility shed to get your luggage. Like they, it was a, a 12 by 14 utility shed. It was not, you know, very big. And over the years it grew a little bit bigger, but yeah, if I'm at a big major airport, you better duck and roll and, and go hurry. Bye. I love you. I'm blowing you kisses. As I drive yeah. away. After nine 11, uh, the whole highway leading to JFK, it's like, why are there all these people parked on the side of the highway? Like there's people just pulled into the, into the, into the pull up. It's, they won't let you sit outside the airport for 10 minutes. They think you're going to yeah, blow the yeah. place up. So oh, they come yeah, make you move along. So eventually people just train themselves where they're like, well, I'm 15 minutes early to pick up mom. Yeah. I'm just going to park here on this, like, yeah. you know, two miles of shoulder of the highway leading to the airport and wait for mom's text. Yeah. And that's, you just look at it as you're driving by. It's just a whole row of people staring at their phones waiting for the, you know, you know, come get me. Yeah. And you know, here, like, to the airport. Here in Tennessee, <laughs> they at least have that text lot. So you can drive to the airport and pull into the text lot and wait for, without a charge, you can wait for wow, someone to send you a text. Fancy. I know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if I'm dropping you off, no, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm dropping you off, duck and roll, get out, bye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pickup's but, a little more complicated. It right, is nice, but, though. The one nice thing is that the way security works nowadays, it is kind of like, hey, the plane is landing. Come get me. And it's like, oh, I can get there in 25 minutes, which is about when you're going to be escaping the airport after they've given you your pants yeah. and your shoes back. <laughs> right. <laughs> what crazy. Even getting out of the airport is rough nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So I remember telling him, well, when you land, because this was his first flight that he'd ever been on. And I was like worried for him. Like, oh, I don't, are you going to be a good flyer? You've never done this before. This can be scary for a lot of people. I don't like takeoff or landing, but I love the turbulence in flying. It, I love it. I don't know why. I don't like it when it's really scary and you're dropping, you know, a hundred feet in 0.5 seconds that's scary but i enjoyed the turbulence like when the pilot's like oh choppy airs ahead I'm, i get all excited like oh i put on my seatbelt, and i, I love the I, I, I have this vision of the plane bouncing up and down people crying and vanessa's like Woo! Yeah. Everyone hates I, you I, on the plane. Yes. I'm like, what? This is not a big deal. This is nothing. You should have been on the last flight I was on. It was really bad then. <laughs> I just like the way, I don't know, that drop feeling that you get in your stomach. I like the way that feels. Oh, I like that feeling too. Yeah. 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 So, Hence the ruined suspensions on all of the cars and, and the real reason the car flipped. Yeah. Oh, shh. Don't tell <laughs> I remember on road trips, if like a big hill was coming, my dad used to be like, ready, Patty? And we'd go, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was one hill. I don't, I don't, I think they've done some paving on it. So it's not like that anymore. But there's this one hill where I used to live that my mom would take me up and down because I loved it. I'd be like, oh, my stomach dropped. Please, do it again. And it used to be whenever you'd get the sign that said bump. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you hit those at above 30, you'd get a... <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
And I, I love that feeling on the plane, but I was worried for him, like, oh, this is his first flight. How is he going to handle all of this? So I remember telling him, you know, just text me when you land. I want to make sure that you got there safely. So right as your plane is landing, before you get off, turn your phone on, send me a text. And I did not hear from him after he landed. So, yeah, like, you know, I just saw Zero, someone. Yeah. Yeah, zero yeah. consideration at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I went and saw someone yesterday. Drove home. Uh, when I left where I was leaving from, I knew my wife was already asleep, and I still texted her to say I was leaving, just so if like God forbid something happened to me, she'd be like, last check in, he was driving back. That's where I start looking. And when I got home, I knew the person who I'd left was asleep, and I still right. texted them and said home safe, so that when they woke up in the morning, they'd be like, oh, he's home safe. Yeah, and I always tell that to catnip, you know, even in if when he's working nights, if something happens to you, you're you're on my favorites list. So you can text me or call me. Well, I don't want to bother your sleep. Well, yeah, but if there's an emergency, I need to know. Yeah. And, you know, other than that, my phone is on do not disturb for everybody else. So, you know, I won't get woken up by a text in the middle of the night unless you're on my favorites list, because I have concerns that if you should call in the middle of the night, I need to be up and right, ready and going. Right. There are certain people you want to be woken up by. Right, exactly. And sometimes I really won't wake up. Like, I, oh my goodness, when Catnip's father died, he came in to try to wake me up. And he said it was like picking up a dead doll. Like, I just laid in his arms and kept snoring in his face. Like, I did not even respond. So I didn't find out until the next morning when I woke up that his father had died. And then I felt really bad. Like, I'm the worst girlfriend ever. I legitimately slept through. Like, you could have been getting murdered. And I'm just like, good night. I love you. See you in heaven. The one that gets through is the house is on fire. Wait, no, I was just kidding. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, like you have to wake up, the house is on fire. What? Oh, no, just kidding. My father's dead. Our whole house is like alarmed because somebody who lived here before was an ex uh, army, whatever, one of the US services. So they have the whole house alarmed. So every time a door or a window opens, there's a thing in the house that'll say front door open back door open so the shed door one day wasn't locked all the way so it was it got caught in a breeze and it was blowing apparently the middle of the night it went shed door open catnip said he got up in the middle of the night went running out there in his underwear with his shotgun oh and i God. slept through it Wow. Killed eight intruders, beheaded some ninjas in the yard. You were like, <sighs> fought a bear. Yeah, but other times I'll be sleeping, I'll be sound asleep, and he'll just move his foot and it'll wake me up and I'll be annoyed. But <laughs> here he is fighting off every ninja in a five mile radius. And I'm like, oh, this is great. But you twitch and I'm all over you. Like, cut it out. Why are you moving? <laughs> I know we have not reached the end of your tale, but it's kind of scary compared to the previous comment I'd made about like in dating, there's always that lovely aspect of catch and release. Like, I don't uh -huh. like this fish. You go back. Um, you have now, you know, in this relationship that we're expecting to hear some epic tale from, it seems like you've managed catch and release. You're free. Yes. You you sent it back to where it came from, and you're free. 
So yes. you're going to have to actively cause this trouble to start again. Yes. Yes. Yes, which is unfortunate because I definitely am the creator. I opened the door. Yeah. yeah, I opened the door and then I kept it open. And then it got to a point where I couldn't remember my life before that. So I didn't know how to. Now I'm the fish on the hook and I didn't know how to free myself. Thank you for joining us at Bittersweet Toxicity. The show was brought to you by North Circus Productions, LLC. Artwork was done by Vin Lisa. Music was mixed by me, Vanessa. Sound effects were borrowed from Zapsplat. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bittersweet Toxicity Podcast. And if you would like to support the hosts, you can find us at Bittersweet Pod on buymeacoffee.com.